0: Hey guys, here we are at Horror Movie Survival Guide. No, nope, try that again. Take that it. was great. <laughs> That's really how it is, though, because you know what? We can't see each other right now, Julia, because we here at Horror Movie Survival Guide are recording remotely right now. So, uh, because of, you know, um, a little thing called the corona um, is going around. And so, we are doing our part to um, shelter in place and and stay safe and keep our social distance with our friends and family.
1: And that includes our friends that we record with together. Yeah, Um, it's very weird to not be looking at your face when while I'm doing this show because we are always right across the table from each other. Yep. Uh, but of course, we are in quarantine as if in the horror movie ourselves, one might say. And here to do our best are trying to record uh, from three different locations. Our, our Producer Wes is also here. So we just wanted to give you a little disclaimer and let you guys
0: know that um, we are doing our best to give you the best sound and quality that we can uh, with our equipment from home. So if it doesn't sound like the pod usually does, that's why. Uh, but we love you and we are still happy to give you content and bring out fresh shows each week, um, as long as we can. And it's feasible and possible. We do appreciate your support
1: and your understanding. Of course. And so, yes, just be a little generous with any technical glitches you might hear. We, uh, we hope, you know, that we're trying to give you something to give you a little bit of cheer in this kind of dreary time, but we're here for you and we love you guys. And we are so happy to have you as listeners stay safe and healthy and enjoy the show. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. Eww.
0: Hey there. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. (laughs) Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I am Julia. I'm Terry. And we're coming to you from the pandemic still. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Still in quarantine. I think this is going to be a lot of episodes in quarantine, but... Okay, cool. So I don't have to talk about it anymore. Sorry. I
0: just want them to know that we are not in the same room still. So it's like still awkward every now and again when we're like... (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, yes We're not yes. as intuitive with our, our, our cut twos <laughs> Not as not as clippy on there as we usually are The apocalypse that we are currently in is the reason that we picked the movie that we're, we're talking about this week Not despite the fact that it's just a great movie Is uh, George Romero's 1973
0: film, The Crazies Yeah
1: So, yeah
0: And this title of episode is The Army Ain't Nobody's Friend
1: It's true, man The army ain't nobody's friend. Uh, So the tagline for this movie is, why are the good people dying? Hmm. Topical. Uh, This movie was written and directed by George A. Romero, based on a script by Paul McCullough that was originally called The Mad People. Um, And this film actually has an alternate title, which came up on the copy that I was watching, which is Codename Trixie.
0: Oh, I did not get that on my
1: line. That was the title card I got. So it was two different titles. I like them both. Yeah. They're both applicable. Codename Trixie, perhaps a little more intriguing. I don't know. But if you're, if you're going for a horror movie, obviously no, the, the crazies, crazies but... dude, like that's a freaking title.
0: Like that's <laughs> like code-named code-named Trixie Trixie, is I, mean, anything. I, I just think about the drag queen Trixie Mattel. Honestly, I just have uh, Barbie imagery in my head when I hear that. And that does not sound like scary to me, even though she has like her own scary sensibility about her. I, it's not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the thing that we love about George Romero is uh, among many things about his filmmaking is that his movies are on the surface uh, one thing, uh, underneath about something else. So, oh, um, he's the great social commentary. I adore him for that. God. I do as well. And I'm so glad that we get to do this episode right after we talk to Suzanne all about uh, Suzanne Deroche Romero, who was his widow and who talked to us for so lovingly about all of his work and his career. And so, his if legacy, you haven't seen, so cool. Yes, I highly recommend you check out our interview with her because she gives some awesome backstory. Um, so this movie uh, begins uh, with a brother and sister. It looks like everything's kind of fun and games, uh, but then uh, Dad comes in and Dad's going berserk. Uh, like, so you he's have-
0: going ape shit. Like, he's... Yeah. Just like, I was, I thought it was an intruder in their house. And then when I realized it was these sweet little baby faced children I mean get the like cutest little, little toehead, little baby girl. Like she's, you know, probably five or six years old, like mama, papa, like, you know, like looking for her parents and her brother is messing with her, which is just the typical like brother, sister behavior. He's trying to scare her. And she's like, I don't like this game. This game is scary. And he's like pretending to be like a zombie kind of thing or something. You're getting like a little foreshadowing of what may happen with the girl. Grown ups later. And Oh my God.
1: Ugh. So, so it's, you know, with it, it, it dissolves within seconds to D- dad going berserk. Uh, mom is dead and now their farm is on fire. Yeah. You see so the it, dad like
0: dousing kerosene and I was like, Oh shit. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like the house is on fire and then the beginning credits pop on. And I was like, what? Okay. I, uh, now I'm scared and now I'm in like, what is going to happen after that? That was the opening freaking sequence. And yes. I just thought the tension that he built right from the freaking beginning is great right because you you, know something's going wrong but you don't know what what is this right and then you're like are the parents killing their kids like what's going on like i was like oh no what like oof what is happening and then all of a sudden we get this like fire siren then we cut to this couple in bed who are clearly about to get it on
1: (laughs) we got new to be like right after the title card i like the way that that works yeah (laughs) Uh, right so, <laughs> uh so, so we have, uh, Will McMillan as David and Lane Carroll as Judy as a very cute couple. And, uh, she, uh, she is pregnant. Yeah. Uh, so we, that's, that's going to come into play uh, a lot in this film. Um, and he is a, is he an actual fireman or is he like a violent, I think he's a volunteer fireman, right? A lot of, a lot of places when it's a smaller town like
0: that are all volunteer fire people, but it looks like he might actually be two or it's one in the same, depending on where sure. you're at. So, uh, so they're,
1: they're in Evans city is where they are.
0: Yeah. And uh, they hear the fire siren and he's got to go. And she also works in the medical field. So this felt very topical right away. All of a sudden I was like, Oh, emergency professionals, frontline workers, yeah. top of mind. And so she's got to go into work at the doctor's office. Cause she just got called in and he gets called in
1: for the fire. So. Uh, up. Mm-hmm. So she goes to uh, her office where there are white uh, suit guys in white hazmat suits with gas masks, uh, find out She's that like,
0: what's going on? What's going on? The, the perfect, like oblivious, like, obviously I know you guys, I, 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 hate that. It's like too much like right now, but I was like, Holy shit. Everyone's told me the crazies
1: was like right now. And it really, yeah, it really is. It really is because you know, you have, and it, and I think a lot of what is so apt about it is that there's so much misinformation, right? Nobody's connecting to anybody. Nobody knows what's going on. There's like the chain of commands constantly broken. People are not doing what they're being told to do. And so it's just complete clusterfuck, which is exactly what this is. So it's, it's not wild. like he, he, he presents the army as this kind of disconnected group of people who don't really want to be where they are. And they don't really know why they're doing what they're doing, but they just have been told to do it.
0: It's the chain of command. It's literally like the chain of command. It's like playing a game of telephone though, is what I imagine. You know what I mean though? It's like, each section has a, a small understanding. Like the president's supposed to have the most, supposedly, and we don't hear it from him till much later in the movie for a hot second.
1: But which um, is that uh, George Romero, by the way? Of course, it is as, as the great. president. <laughs> so good.
0: Oh, yes, I love. It. Okay, I love a Georgia cameo. Um, and it's just interesting because everyone's having to do like these, like what they call the voice print. You know, where you're having to like actually verify your name. It's all these like codes and stuff like that. Um, This is, you know, right around the Vietnam time. So you can tell that a lot of this stuff is very fresh from the war as well. So these guys have just dealt with being in Vietnam and now they're dealing with this virus that they don't know really anything about, how it really affects people, what they should
1: actually be looking for. Um, And so. And and no one knows, right? And so like now they're taking over the small town doctor's office. They're telling them the least amount that they can tell them, which is just basically we're quarantining this entire town. And there's yeah, a press no one out, so nobody knows anything. Yeah, and so uh, no one can tell
0: anything. Happened. So I just think of it. It's interesting because we have so much technology right now. There's like you know all the internet, all that stuff. But obviously, there's all these opportunities for misinformation. But even when there's less technology, it's still it's it's you can get blacked out so easily mm-hmm. um, between landlines and walkie talkies and CB radios and all of that too. And they're scrambling the, all of the messaging too through the CBs and things too if they're not. A secure line.
1: So, uh, they end up having this serum, which they are injecting into people in the doctor's office, which they say is not a cure, but a strong antibiotic to build resistance to this highly contagious virus. So, uh, Judy, our nurse, uh, she gets injected, but then ganks a couple of them for her boyfriend. and Cause the whoever. doctor tells her to, he's like, yeah. you know what? You pregs, you need to yeah. get out of here, <laughs>
0: save the baby, get your man get out of here. He's like, I'm going to distract them because they're going to try to keep you here because you're a trained nurse. And obviously they're going to need more trained nurses right now. So they're worried about having a shortage of people to actually care for people as things get worse. The doctor still doesn't actually know what the hell is going on. He's just as much in the dark, but he knows that, Hey, if they're giving this to the military dudes, we should probably be taking this right now and, you know, making sure we're okay. So we can help handle
1: this and be safe through this. Mhm. So then uh, we're cutting back and forth between this and the bar, the fire at the barn, uh, which is just out of control. And you see the dad who is in the seat of the back seat of the police car, raving like a fucking lunatic, like he's not. He has no concept of, like, his house burning down, his wife being dead.
0: He's, like, Enough talking about his car, like, blowing up or the trees, like, burning on the side of the house. He's more worried about the trees than his whole family that he basically just murdered mm-hmm. um, on in the house. His wife and his kids, his kids, they actually got them out, but they're severely burned. The wife, he actually, like, had, like axed or like stabbed or whatever had like viciously murdered her and then and then burned down the house. And I love these cut twos now too as we're going between the doctor's office and this and this um fire. Um as we're getting one of the um, military guys who's got his gas mask on and he tries to smoke a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> through the gas mask. And I was just like, that feels very modern right now too, because I feel like I've seen some people like, like uh,
1: I just want to find some place to smoke. But it's like, how do I do that through this freaking mask? <laughs> Stick it in the in the mask. Through the little hole. Um, <laughs> Uh, We also meet uh, Dr. Watts, who is played by Richard France, who is a man who had worked on Trixie, which was this secret special government project that went awry. And he is uh, one of the only people who would know about it, but he's, trying to like they're literally forcing him to get on a plane and he keeps like i don't you can't take me i'm one of the higher up people you need to take some below me i need to be there to see what's you going take
0: on a the data. This. he's like you take the lab tech to go gather samples you keep me yep. in my freaking lab that's well stocked and where i know how to do everything where it's you know beautifully appointed where i can actually maybe solve this problem but because the chain of command said nope 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 And because of all
1: the mixed scrambled messages, he's getting... It's got to be him. So he's getting yanked and then gets sent to the the chemistry lab at the local high school where they have like the the least amount of any sort of equipment that he needs. And he's like, I love how frustrated he is this entire movie. He's just like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Like He's so angry about it. And (laughs) and, and rightfully so.
0: And rightfully so. And it's stupid because that's literally where they're rounding up everybody. So it's one of these... Highly, this is like the opposite of like what you need to do when something's highly contagious is throw a bunch of people in a room together. You're literally cramming everybody, whether they're infected or not, into right. the
1: same place. Well, so, it, it becomes clear very early they don't really care about the population of Evan City. So, really, just rounding them up is easier for them than it is for anybody else. Right. Um, they're
0: basically going to get rid of all these people, no matter what it seems like, at some point, just so they can keep them from leaving the city and taking the infection elsewhere.
1: So, and they, and they're, you know, they're saying that there's martial law and they're like breaking into nightclubs and just yanking people out of their homes. And it's really upsetting. Oh, to okay.
0: oh my God. Can we talk about that? Like all the, how they round up the people from like little kids from their beds, like reading with their mommies
1: and then and the they're little- of course separating children from. Adults, Yeah.
0: And then like the little, um, the little boy who's playing with his little military, like toys, he's got his little toy gun and he's like, like having fun <laughs> with a the gun. And then all the freaking sudden real guns walk in and he starts crying. Like the recognition of like, oh, those aren't play guns. Those are real guns. And then we do see some montages of real guns too. So you see that some of the civilians may be armed as well. So then
1: we're dealing with, oh, how many weapons yeah. are out in the community as well as who's going to resist. Right. So they're confiscating as many weapons as they can, but then realize that there are going to be people in the town who are going to resist. They're going to say no. So then there's basically a zero tolerance policy with it. They just kind of shoot whoever really like, if you have a gun, if you don't really doesn't really, it doesn't really matter.
0: No, it doesn't. And then they talk about the nuclear weapon now too. Like they're like, well, uh, if we can't contain these people, we do have the nuclear option. Yeah,
1: Yeah. 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 Because we're cutting back and forth with these, all oh, these very like high up military guys who are making all of these very informed decisions in this very comfortable plush room where they don't actually actually have to deal with the population that they're about to annihilate. And to them, they're very expendable. And you know, on, on a bigger picture, of course they are right. If you have a contagion where you have, you can kill this one town or you can kill the whole world. Of course, you're going to contain it. But it's still, you're still dealing with people, um, which of course these people don't care about at all. And then is also revealed that Trixie actually wasn't a virus uh it's a bacteriological weapon so it was uh it was there was a plane that crashed that was carrying it it got into the water supply and so that is why this town specifically is infected
0: uh a weapon getting turned against us wow
1: So they're just going to have this uh, plane that's going to be hovering over Evan city, ready to drop the bomb at any time. We're waiting for the president to get back to us on that one. Um, The mayor and the sheriff uh, start to resist uh, and they uh, I'm going to say it and you're going to sing something after it, right after I say this, they shoot the sheriff, Terry. Yeah.
0: But they also probably shoot the deputy too. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they probably shoot
0: everybody. <laughs> I think they shoot everybody. I don't think there's like a not shooting situation scenario. They're just like do 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 do. Don't move. And so when the ma- the mayor is, you know, really incredulous, and I I get like he wants more information, but they've literally told them what he could, and he s- basically tells them like, hey, you guys should resist. Tells the
1: police guys to resist, and they try, and then that's when people start getting killed, right? Can I give a shout out to uh, Lloyd Holler, who plays Colonel Peckham, who is uh, who is in charge of this whole operation, has been put in charge much against his dismay in charge of this operation, who is trying to sort everything out as the, in the doctor's office hub. And he's like, I love George Romero. He always has these very strong female characters and these very strong black characters that are in a time when that was very unusual, who was just being like, look. Good as anybody else. He's doing just as much as he can, but it's just not enough. Um, I think that he does a really great job, but we also, we also meet
0: He's brilliant. Uh, yes, we can. Him out. I freaking was upset. Obses- I'm obsessed with him and I thought it was such a beautiful performance. And just to see being stuck between duty and mm-hmm. need. And I might cry thinking about it. It's really heartbreaking because I feel like that happened to a lot of guys and still does right now. Do you know what I mean? The it's like you're regardless of who's in the office, you have to follow allegiance when you're in the military. You know what I mean? There's a chain of command that you are asked to respect. Um, right. And whether you want to do the mission or not, you kind of have to just do it to the best of your ability, hoping that that's the right thing, you know?
1: But, but, I mean, really, the, I, I find, like, this is a horror movie. Yes, it's about, a, you know, a contagion and a virus, but it's also really like who the villain of this film the military, really, because they're the people who are just going in, and it's, to me, the terror of the military of having no choice, of saying, you're going to do this now, you're going to shoot these people now, and you don't have a choice about it. And, like, that goes against being a human i feel like i like to just mindlessly kill without being told why um so and this that's to me the horror of this film is like not only people killing for no reason people being, killing because they're being told to but also the, the military just don't doesn't know what's going on so it's not like this this highly mechanized performance where they're like going from a to b it's just like eh kill them we don't know Fucking kill them you know it's just this horror uh, and I think, you know, th- that's very similar to Day of the Dead. I think this, you know, this kind of military takeover, right? Just that to me is the most terrifying thing. So we have this, uh, this ragtag bunch that's trying to escape and trying to resist. Oh, God. Um, so they pick up uh, Lynn Lowry and her father uh, as Kathy and L- Rich Liberty as her dad, Artie. And they notice that she's acting kind of strangely. She so, but a they don't spacey they don't know how this bug works really. Like they, they know there's something, something comes, it goes it like goes in your head and it trips you up, but they don't know the symptoms or how to tell if somebody's infected.
0: And then there's this other guy, Winston, um, who's in the, in the, in the van that gets rounded up in the paddy wagon with them, who is already like making the weirdest eyes and kind of crazy eyed and like, woo, 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 what's going on with that guy. And so he just is not looking right. And it's kind of like the person, if you were on the side of the road, you'd, you'd give him a nice big berth, um, walk around <laughs> maybe to the other side of the street. You know, if you see this guy, just cause you're like, just give him him space. So he can be crazy over there. Um, right. Um, and, uh, then, you know, the, 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 the father-daughter duo, I thought they were a couple couple when I first saw them. And then when she says, oh, that's my dad. And I was like, oh, okay. They seem like real, that's looks like a weird relationship right there. That father-daughter combo. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got Judy and David that have gotten rounded up and they actually have taken her confiscated the inoculations that she had in her pocket. Right. Like, where'd you get these? Um, and, um. Then we have, um, Clank is he in the, he's in the, he gets in the van too with them, right? Clanker.
1: Yes. So, uh, Clank and David were in Vietnam together. Uh, but Clank was just kind of a, a grunt and David was a green beret, which they make a big deal out of. Clank like talks about he, it a lot. he does, but he seems like a, like a kind of PSD, PTSD Green Bray, like he doesn't want to think about it, and he doesn't want to talk about it, and he doesn't want to like go back in that mode. He's trying. He doesn't to like want to do talk it.
0: about the things he did. He definitely wants to like let that go. And you can tell that Clank kind of romanticizes what his friend did and looks and re- like looks up to him, like
1: wow, you were doing more than me. But it's. And he like- also just kind of treats everybody as if they're the enemy, right? Like it's like no big deal. Like you go from killing people in Vietnam to killing people here they're all covered up like it doesn't matter to him anyway so he just like, he doesn't have the kind of moral conundrum that David's having especially having a wife who's pregnant with his child um so yeah. they end up getting out to this country club where they're able to uh hide out and uh Clank kind of loses his shit and just starts killing because they were like "Is David's like I want to talk to them I want to figure out what's going on please do not go crazy but of course he goes crazy and kills yeah. them before they can get any real information out of them.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they, they, yeah, he does go crazy. And he thinks that they're trying to get information or trying to, like, he tries to, like, interrogate. And it, it just goes really, really badly. Um, and he jumps the gun.
1: And, you know, throughout this, you're also getting, you know, you're getting this the, the ragtag bunch there, but you're also getting the, the bigger picture of what's happening in the town. Um, they're burning bodies. We see soldiers stealing money off of dead people that they're looting. They're looting, Um, looting the dead. Yeah. They have, there's a car that's driving through town that's saying like, do not resist They are preventative measures to ensure your safety. And you're like, eh, are they though? Um, And this is, and you know, they
0: also mentioned before that they weren't going to have enough. They only had enough vaccine or antiviral, whatever for the soldiers. They weren't going to have enough for the people. So that was something I think they already kind of like, at least had some military had some understanding that, Hey, we need to be careful but as things kind of unravel, you see them more and more without their masks, you know, some of the military guys and like they're getting a little more lax about it, too. So you can see that some of them seem to be turning as well. It's not right. super clear, but it seems that way, too. And they're also again, these are guys, so a lot of them, that, like, like we said, are fresh from Vietnam, too, that are just kind of still in that mindset. And don't see the people as people either. Um, and again, you continue to get these scenes, you know, of, of the kids and family and, and stuff like that as they get rounded um, from different places.
1: There's a priest because they had come in and taken everybody there. And a the priest who is fighting against it and his his protest uh, is to set himself on fire. So uh, yeah, The was priest burns
0: himself an effigy. I mean, they had tried to come through. They Basically, the first night when they got like the, the first moment, a few hours they got in, they were like, we're going to round people up at church on Saturday night like for like high holy mass basically and tell them, um, and take them into quarantine from church. So, and the priest had resisted and it was like, Hey, this is my place. I get to talk first And the military. guys like, actually, nah, I don't have to let you actually do anything. I get to talk first, whether you like it or not. And I'm going to tell the people right away, we're going to get everybody rounded up and out of here.
1: And it's just, you know, this kind of horror show of, of, citizens being attacked and, and fighting back. There's an old woman who kills one of the soldiers with knitting needles and she's like already gone mad. And then we finally see like, and she. you all-
0: can't just go over that so fast. I oh, mean, I'm sorry. She, I mean, she's calmly knitting upstairs. They're raiding this house and she's just like very sweetly knitting and knitting and knitting. And he's, and they've already like, you know, her family's already gone crazy and they've already had to kill a couple of people downstairs that literally were going crazy as they rounded them up. Um, it was like an active shooter kind of guy out the window and they go inside it upstairs to her she's in a rocking chair and she stabs the dude with her sweet smiley face still on and sits right back down and goes back to knitting after she has murdered with
1: her freaking knitting needle it's all bloody and just keeps on and keeps knitting like nothing happened it is wild I, yeah and i think it's it's kind of interesting that you know we, we don't get as much information about what the, you know, like what the symptoms are because everybody's symptoms seem to be different. Like everybody goes crazy in their own specific way, which I guess humans kind of do. They do.
0: Well, they uh, to look out for delirium is what the general word is. Like, that's what they're saying. They're like, the symptom basically is deliriums, so whatever that but, means.
1: Sure. And we get, you know, a shot of them, all the crazies they have rounded up in the high school. And it's just this room full of people going crazy. And you're like, Ooh. Yeah, you don't want to go in that room. But we have our scientist who is still trying so hard to get things done, and it's just—it's so impossible. So he is frustratingly trying to yell at the military and trying to leave. And what is he doing? Um, but he gets in a little lab assistant. He
0: does. They're <laughs> cute together. They are. They
1: are cute. I was like, oh, they like
0: maybe a couple, but not uh-huh. really. But like end time <laughs> couple, because like he's like, well. Do you got anybody back home? She's like, nah. And he, he says, well, I don't have
1: anybody back home either. Uh, you want to get married? Yeah, <laughs> sure. We're about to die. Why not? Why not? Um, and, you know, and something, you know, he says, like, you never know what you're doing or why you're doing it. You just do it because you're told to. Like, yep yeah uh, so he there's this whole kind of situation where he tries to get out because he's trying to talk to uh, peckham but they have this voice com- this voice print thing that takes forever to qualify for and he can just walk literally walk over to there faster than it would it's take like, to do
0: that it's like too many CAPTCHAs, is what i imagine you know what i mean <laughs> though like in this day and age it's like okay i'm not a robot like you have yeah. to like click another thing okay
1: but street that was like there was a bus in that. <laughs> the crosswalk goes into that frame. Come on now. How, m- how many street signs? Totally. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man. Uh, so, yeah, he so, says it's faster to walk. So he's like, yeah. fuck it. I'm not going to wait. But the problem is, is, the lab assistant, she's insisting like, Hey dude, can you tell me what we're actually looking for? Since I'm your assistant, I'm not sure what I'm looking for in each one of these slides. Like she's just been, you know, writing, annotating the slides as he hands them to her and tells them, but he hasn't told her what exactly to look out for in the slides. So but of he, course, of course he finds out what, he finds what he's looking for. Of course he does, right? Yeah, he's, he's like I basically it. have a lead to the cure. I could figure this out. I'm going to head over there. Fine, but bad move in the middle of um a uh, uh, mayhem of the outdoors and people losing their minds and going ape shit in this high school and soldiers just literally crushing people. Anybody who moves is basically or, or resist being rounded up is told to be like put in the room anyway or killed. So, yeah.
1: so uh, he ends up on the uh, the downside of a trampling and uh, pretty bad. He drops so the he blood vial um, he has in his course, hand that have the, the the blood that shall the antibodies, so to speak, yes. that will that will cure us all. And the nope. serum is just on the on the high school floor, and there, when everybody's hopes down the drain. Um, so meanwhile, back in the house in the country club, where uh, the daughter Kathy's acting stranger and stranger and stranger, then Artie starts to be asking acting stranger, uh, her dad. Uh, and in a way where he thinks that she's his wife. Who has uh, died. Who has died. And Uh, so they're... Called uh, by his wife's name. Yeah, and they're
0: huddled together on a bed. And he made a point earlier in the film, too, when they were first in the van... Talking about how he wanted to keep her pure, and he didn't think anybody was good enough for her. So I was already like, "This doesn't look like it looks like one of those awkward relationships where the dad is saving the daughter for himself, kind of a situation." And it turns out that's kind of what ended up happening. And he ends up basically like assaulting her on the bed, but she's responding in a way she's into it.
1: Uh, So you have this incredibly hideous uh, incest scene. (laughs) Where you also see her after it's so blood on her thighs, and it's really like, but she's so out of it that it doesn't connect to her. Like, she doesn't seem like she realizes what's happened, but he realizes what's happened. Uh, and so immediately uh, goes down and hangs himself in a closet. Out of shame. Right. But the problem at this point, too, is that we have
0: our group of fives. So yeah. Um, and so Clank has is, is in, been in this house. They're in this country club that they're holed up in. He's been going a little, like, he's been going apeshit and has already been murdering people and stuff, the soldiers and whatnot. And so Dave and Judy are like, he's mad. And when they find out that Artie's dead, they think that Clank's done it. But they don't really believe it when he says that he hasn't, because he sounds crazy. Because he's, I, I don't think I did it. I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. He just, you know, <laughs> sounds crazy that he didn't.
1: Uh, it's hard to believe. So, uh, but he did not. already did kill himself, and now, but Kathy is so far gone; she doesn't even realize what happened. And just kind of, they can they look out, they see the soldiers finally starting to come towards them, and she just kind of wanders out towards the soldiers in she a very out like peaceful way. Well, even
0: before the soldiers like get close enough, she's out I was like, oh, she's out like sheep herding. She's like out with the sheep. And I was like, oh, sheep to slaughter, like little lambs, like the little sheep being led and she's following and she's playing with them. And it's like kind of sweet. Yeah. Little hippy dippy way.
1: (laughs) Uh, So then they they have to leave this country club hideout, which was too bad because it was a pretty sweet hideout um, and go on the run, even though they don't really know where they're running towards just out. They're trying, and they know that there's a quarantine around the town, so they they know they can't get out by car, but maybe by foot on foot they can do it. Well, they're trying to be the uh, perimeter. That's Dave's big idea, right. is because
0: they know he knows how military works. He was like they're, they're they have a perimeter around the town that that's what they've I think ascertained it this far, and so they realize it's getting further. They're like if we can get past the military line, whatever they are, they can't cover all these woods. We've also heard time and time again from our colonel as well that there's like a like a fifty miles of just woods. That they there's no way for them to cover like the military. They don't have enough men. He's been asking for more backups and more enforcements this whole time. The guy, the the um, commanding officer before him as well, who was below him, also was doing that before he even got there. And they've been saying, "Hey," and the and the people up top don't understand. Ground warfare clearly because these guys have never fucking had to go and be in a front line in their lives. So they're like, Well, you can't hold like a small town of a few thousand people till 2 a.m. tomorrow. We can get you more people maybe tomorrow, but not right now. Deal with what you got. They don't realize that people have already gone crazy and how much weaponry from the civilians is already in town that they're already right. contending with. And if you're dealing with people who are already crazy, they're like, It's like dealing with people who are like hopped up on drugs. Yeah, You know, so it's like a whole town of them. It's like PCP people, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, they, so David, Judy and Clank, uh, go and start running in the woods. Uh, Clank knows that he's losing it. He's like, I'm not right. So he's just going to do the kind of sacrificial thing and be like, okay, I'm going to distract them. You guys go. Cause you guys have an actual chance, but I'm already sick. So just let, let it go um, and kind of sacrifices himself in this incredibly bloody battle that he shoots so many soldiers in. Uh, I was like, how much ammo does this
0: guy have? I,
1: was, I kept so asking. So much. So much.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, much. So, so yeah. So he basically like sniper, like sniper style, because he's clearly more trained than these guys are. He seem like fresh soldiers that have never had been in combat before. They're like the new, the new batch, you know, that just turned 18 last week that got sent on this mission. <sighs>
1: don't talk. That's so sad. Um, it's true. so I know it's true. Uh, but, uh, as much as his bravado and as many soldiers as he takes down, uh, he ends up getting a pretty nasty shot in the head, uh, which is an excellent effect. I will say really good headshot. Really good. It's a great headshot. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so then, uh, David has this plan where he is going to go and like check out the perimeter, but he wants to block Judy in with these cement blocks so that they won't find her. Seems dubious to split up as always, but it's always
0: a bad idea to split up, but it seems like he might, even if he doesn't want to say it has a kind of awareness that she's kind of cracking up, um, because she's exhibiting some similar behavior to our dear friend Kathy from earlier, who got a little giggly, right. a little like, a little like, um, like kind of stoned is what it feels like. Like, ah, like, Oh, everything's funny. Like everything's funny. Like right before Kathy had like, finally died, like she had laughed when she'd seen a little boy get literally murdered and like, like, or see, seen a family murdered in front of a little boy who's crying for his mom. Like, you know, brutal stuff that made her giggle that shouldn't make a person giggle. Yeah. Um, and Judy's kind of getting there now and she's talking about naming their baby and like, what should we name the child? She's talking about stuff that has like, is not super for the moment. Like it's not present information that needs to know she's, she's, she's going out there
1: so uh she he blocks her in uh kills a soldier steal the suit goes up and hides in a tower where he's going to have an advantage um and then uh just at that moment as the soldiers are coming in they're looking for her they can't find her they're about to find her uh but then the local rednecks come barreling in and just uh shoot everybody uh including judy who uh david comes down and takes her lovingly in his arms as she's dying of course uh and she can hear the baby kicking feel the baby kicking as she's dying which is so sad but then she says Uh, it's sleeping
0: right before she dies so the baby goes before her um and she's talking about naming the baby she says it's a boy i know it and we name him david after her her hubby um it's pretty heartbreaking. And then also when the kids come up, they're not just local yokels. Um, they are actually some kids that David, I guess, coaches as well. And they're like, Hey coach, I didn't realize it was you because he's, you know, put on the hazmat suit. So he looks like a soldier. Um, but the fact that he has the suit on also does help him later on. Cause he's able to blend in after this.
1: So, yes. So we find out out of the population of 3,613, there are 2,100 survivors. Um, that they're just going to bomb. They're just going to destroy Evan City's going down. Yeah, but um, not until after they pull out the colonel. They
0: him, yeah. Peckham, yeah. They, um, he has to go through this ultraviolet. I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and he stands by some ultraviolet light, like a little tub of ultraviolet light, and they yeah. drop some clothes down from a helicopter so he can switch out his hazmat suit after he decontaminates himself and be taken up out of that place and they give him orders to go to Louisville where there has been a, a spike, a little outbreak there. Um, mm-hmm. it looks like the virus was not a hundred percent contained cause it's impossible.
1: <laughs> right. Um, for the most part to contain a virus a hundred percent. And so that's, that's our, our bleak Romero ending is that we know that it is spread and Colonel Peckham has to go to the next town and probably kill an entire next town. So, uh, crazies two could be this plot, or I also watch after this, uh, the remake, the 2010 remake, uh, of the crazies, uh, which stars Timothy Oliphant, oh, um, and him. Joe Anderson, who I love from across the universe, um, yes. he's so good in this Uh, and he plays the 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 martyred deputy in it and then it's just it's a it's not a note-for-note sequel and it it differs enough to make it a different film Mm -hmm. uh and it's not bad but uh, this is of course this is a masterpiece
0: And I actually was like, Julia, did you know this is a war movie? Like, you say you don't like war movies, but this is a war movie that you And it terrifies me.
1: It absolutely terrifies me because I I, I go, this is the military for real. This is really what it's like. And that's what the scary thing is, is you have people put in charge of wars that aren't, it's not well-oiled machine, you know? It's just people fucking up. And, like, that's terrifying. So, yeah, this movie is uh, scary on many levels, Uh, one being, you know, the apocalyptic virus universe we're living in at the moment and the other being uh, our government and military huzzah so uh gore factor for this film one yeah. not enough blood to fill a dixie cup two is a puddle of blood three is enough blood to go set the average viewer four is a bathtub of blood and five is run for the barf bag um we give this a four i think it should be a four and a half upon second upon second upon shot in the head conversation shot that in the head. One that yeah me. <laughs> yeah so, I like, that shot in the head's pretty good so let's do a four, and a a
0: four and a half. Um, we only had hesitated from giving it a full five because it's that 70s orangey Romero blood, which is beautiful, but it doesn't look like real, it's enough that it doesn't look like real blood that it doesn't like s- totally scare you out. But it, yeah. the the scariest thing in this movie is honestly just the misinformation and the breakdown of chain of command and the feeling like the people up top have no fucking clue what's going on um, locally. Um, yeah. I, don't, I can't relate to that at all. Um, so... <laughs> gotta laugh to keep from crying
1: it's so true
0: (laughs) like i think i literally paused this movie i feel like 20 times because i was taking so many notes a and just like also just to like face palm, but not touch my face and go wash my hands again but like Uh you know just freaking out it's wild how um things haven't changed really um the hysteria that happens very quickly um and the fear that ensues when we don't under have an understanding of what we're what we're up against i get why i probably read every freaking article i could about covid as soon as i heard about it in italy and and and, and china and everything before it came, really came here
1: cool that's the great thing about romero though mm-hmm. is that he's ahead of his time
0: right? and it's just and he, human nature he gets human nature like we talked about with suzanne like he's it's really like sociology psychology um human nature it's a good michael jackson song it's my favorite michael jackson song i think human nature me too is one of the dudes from toto i love it's one of my favorite oh, songs too it's a great yeah it's a great song, <laughs> okay, great pop song. So one one ratings. i love it karaoke <laughs> movie ratings
1: you gotta do because i forget to put the thing in front of my face today so you gotta do those uh days. zero to five chainsaws one if you're desperate two barely qualifies as a horror film three seen worse seen better Four, Not Too Shabby, and five, Fantastic Oracle. Um, I give it a five. I also it's give this a- one five.
0: I fucking loved it. I am glad I watched it now. I kind of wish I'd watched it before, but then I also probably get why more people who know this movie really well were more scared at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> They're sure. like, well, we're in the crazies
1: now. It's great. Gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, so next week we're gonna be talking about a film uh, a little bit different. Uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, Cat People, um, and we're gonna be talking about the original Cat People from 1942, not the 1982 remake. Uh, the original black and white, beautiful, beautiful black and white, gorgeous. So, I hope you will join us for that. And I also hope you will look us up on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon and support us because we are here during this crazy time and uh, we want to give you content and delightful things. And thank you to all of our new followers. We had a bunch of new followers this last month. So, thank you, yeah,
0: thank uh, you. for We're joining you the party. The yeah. yeah. I'll see you next okay. week for that party. How about that? Okay, let's do it again next week. Okay. Next <laughs> week, cat people. Let's do it. Let's do it, cats. Cool cats.
1: And kittens. Stray cat strut. <laughs> See you next week, guys.